This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. of the sleeper and the bust it is wednesday april 18th i'm your host paul spore and i'm flying solo today and i've got something a little bit different for you uh actually i am i'm, I'm copying somebody um i've made this person aware they've given at least a, a a nod of hey no 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 sweat and so let's see how this works out if you are a big music fan and and uh, fan of music commentary and critique you may be familiar with uh, with Anthony Fantano, the internet's busiest music nerd, uh, at the Needle Drop on Twitter, and he does something. Uh, he covers a lot of great stuff. You know, does album reviews, um, just kind of off offhand bits of commentary. You know, talked about Yodel Kid from Walmart, you know, stuff like that. And then he has a recurring segment called Let's Argue, and uh, he he welcomes people to send in. Their unpopular opinions, hot takes, and tough questions, and then he responds to the best ones in, in one of his uh, in one of his videos. And I wanted to do something similar for baseball, so I said, you know, hey, love what you do, want to go ahead and do this? I'll hit you with a hat tip. And uh, <laughs> he sent a real funny message back. He's like, it better be a big hat, and then sent sent a picture of Pharrell in one of his big dumb hats. So this is that hat tip. Thank you, you know. Uh, because it's like directly just saying let's do this and i'm not going to pretend like i came up with the idea originally i figured it was better to just say hey i'm doing what anthony fantano does here i'm doing it for baseball and we need to change the name though we can't do let's argue that that'd be too far so if you guys could come up with a name for this uh or help me i should say not <laughs> if you guys could just come up with a name for this do all my work but uh if you have ideas let me know so again it's about like hot takes unpopular opinions and tough questions stuff that you believe in though too Right, it's not hot takes for hot takes' sake, and you know if you watch the videos that he that he does, people you know put inspired uh, thought behind this, even if it is something that's you know out of pocket, at least in my opinion. Right, obviously it's all it's all an opinion based thing, so some people are probably like, oh, pff, I totally agree with that. That's not even a hot take, and others are like, oh my god, that's the biggest hot take. And he doesn't always like disagree. It's not all it's not all about like it's called let's argue, but it's not all about necessarily just crapping on all all of them either there's some where he's like oh yeah it's actually a good point i agree and i think we'll have some of that here today um as we go through so let's just get started here and we'll kick it off with jason gold at chop city jason starting with 
Josh Hader is the best pitcher in the NL Central. Dominant stuff, consistently improving command, and 80-grade hair. I think the hair is what settles it, right? All that other stuff, that pitch, whatever crap you were talking about, who cares, right? What, what, what does that even mean? How, how does that even relate to pitching? But the hair, the hair is where it's at. Uh, no, if you really step back and think about this, and you think more of on, on just like a pitch-for-pitch pitch sort of deal. And listen, I know it's easier for relievers to be exemplary than, than starters. They're pitching in smaller samples. That's why so many uh, relievers are failed starters. Virtually everyone. Like a, a, a overwhelming majority, right? Because obviously starting uh, is, is more valuable than relieving. And so... If you have a guy with good stuff, why wouldn't you try to start him and, and see what's... And we could even see Hayter eventually start at some point, although I th can't remember who it was. I I don't know if it was Podhorser, Zimmerman, or Todd Zola. I don't know who. There was somebody recently talking about how sticky the bullpen is, meaning if you, if you are moved into the bullpen under this idea of like, hey, we're putting him here to, to get him in the majors and get him started, he'll come out of the bullpen later... That doesn't always happen. The, 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 the comeback out of the bullpen doesn't really work that often. A lot of times they can stick there, and, and we could see that with Hayter. He's really, really looked like uh, the, the next coming of, of Andrew Miller here in that fireman's role. But let's get back to the matter at hand here about him being the best pitcher in the NL Central. Now, if you look at some of the starts, we're going to focus on kind of like the short term here. Um, Obviously, you put down the records of uh, the the – I'm talking track record too, not win-loss record. But if you put down the record of of Darvish, Quintana, Carlos Martinez, Kyle Hendricks, jo John Lester, you know they're they're better. Um, but if you really look at it from just like again like a pitch for pitch standpoint, I think this has some merit. I think I agree with it because none of those pitchers I mentioned are are at their peak right now. They're not, they're not pitching uh, over the top. Jamison Tyon is pitching brilliantly. Um, but I'm, I'm going to agree with this. I think right now, if you have, you know, you need three outs and I understand that this hypothetical here is a little uh, tortured because, you know, okay. You say, well, I'll bring in Carlos Martinez for three outs, by the way, speaking of somebody who got out, he was in the bullpen. He got, he made it out. So that's a positive example. Um, I'm sure a lot of these starters would excel and, and we don't know what they would look like in just like a one inning, got to get three outs sort of deal. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to agree with a 61% strikeout rate, 7% walk rate, 21% uh, on the swinging strike rate. I know it's a lot of percentages. The bottom line is he's out of his mind right now. 2.3 hits for Josh Hader in his 11 and two, two thirds. I think that is just a couple, uh, three hits. Um, you know, the rate stats are, are crazy. The fact of it is 11 and two-thirds, he's been dominant. 47 and two-thirds last year, though, he was excellent, too. So this isn't this isn't new. It's just at the highest level right now. And uh, I, I agree with it. I think right now, best pitch-for-pitch pitch pitcher in the NL Central, Josh Hader. What a beast. Uh, let's move on to Aaron Parker at Vodman Empire saying, Ian Happ gets demoted to AAA at some point this season to figure out his swing after Madden gets sick of the K rate. He puts in parentheses, I still think he's a good hitter with a possible future as an excellent hitter, but he may struggle with inconsistent at-bats as the league learns how to pitch to him. And, you know, it is Vodman Empire. It is another NL Central team. 
uh, a fan of the Reds talking about a Cub, but he puts. In, I think that's why he puts the parenthetical. This isn't like a anti-Cubs. Ian Happ is trash sort of thing. It's like a, look at this guy's forty-seven percent strikeout rate and tell me that that he might not get sent down. And I can't do that. I don't think that Happ did anything so special last year that uh, prevents you know that 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 builds him in this uh, th- this guarantee of not getting sent down. I I don't I don't see it that way. He's twenty three. Uh, I thought he was a little bit more of an advanced Baez where, you know, what he did last year was something that it took Baez a little while to kind of do. And he's not a 31% strikeout rate last year, Hap did. But I thought he was a little bit more of an advanced Baez. And this year he's actually looking like early career Baez with the 47% strikeout rate. Doesn't know, you know, doesn't really have a plan at the dish. Hit that first pitch uh, for a homer to open the season, first pitch of the season. Uh, was was a homer, has another homer and two steals since then. 204, 264, 367. There's always seemingly a playing time crunch in Chicago, which is great for them as a team. You love that as a team to have so much depth that it is um, you know, something that you're moving pieces in and out all the time. But it also puts guys like Hap in the crosshairs at times of like, hey, you have to perform because we have other guys. Albert Amora... Uh, could take the full-time role. And yeah, he's, he's you know, more of a platoon guy where he excels against lefties and kind of tries to hold his own against righties. And this year, he hasn't been good against righties. Almora, that is. But I think they could look at doing it. I, I really do. Um, not yet. I think it would be something like about a month away from now. Um Unless it stays at this level, right? If we're still tracking near a 50% strikeout rate for Hap, you know, by May 6th, then then it, then I think that timetable gets pushed up. But if he gets back down to, say, you know, 35 to 40%, which is still obscene, by the way, obscenely bad, and he still can't figure it out, then maybe a quick, quick trip down to AAA to kind of get your head right. 10 days, I think, is the minimum. You know, get him a couple weeks stint down there for Ian Happ and just see what's what. I don't rule this out. And I came in as a big Ian Happ fan. So I would not be happy about this. Um, but I'm not going to deny that it, that it's very plausible. Let me look at something really fast here on Ian Happ. Yeah, I got, I got four shares of him in 10 leagues. So pretty, pretty widely invested. And uh, I need him to perform. One of those leagues is a 24-team league with my Twitch uh, chat. And it's a it's a shortened roster to accommodate, you know, 24 teams. And we're not picking guys who are getting, like, four at-bats a week. But uh, the fact of it is, is Hap's a big part of that team, plain and simple. So get your crap together, Ian. Anyway, all right, let's move on. Speaking of Twitch. M Townsend underscore 77, big part of my Twitch community. Great guy. Says this year, uh, this is the year Fulty figures it out and is a top 50, 60 arm. He looked good in his first two outings against tough lineups in Phil- Washington and Philly. And while his last start wasn't as good, it also wasn't a complete clunker as he's had in years past. He's used his change in slider more than previous years to good effect with 3.4 and 4.2 pitch values per 100 in the limited sample. He's also walked fewer, not an insane amount, but enough that it's noticeable. Uh, Lastly, he's inducing more ground balls, up 6 percentage points from last year and 7 percentage points from his career. Now, uh, unfortunately for Matt, uh, 
happen. Fulty has had another start where the walk he walked four, so the walk rate spiked back up. But I, I still think we can look at his general point here and, and talk about Fulty. I don't know. I, I don't I don't know on this one. I was a faulty backer last year. It did not go well. I'm trying not to just be the uh, the scorned guy who who backs off of somebody because it it didn't go well. And I'm usually not that guy. By the way, I'm much more inclined to say I like a guy. I invested, but I got burned. I will invest further. I, I will double down if the skills didn't markedly change or or you know he doesn't look like uh you know. Like he's completely fallen off from what he was. So I, I didn't get any Fulty this year, though. There were just guys I was looking at. And I, I kind of resigned myself on Fulty specifically to saying, I, I think it might just be best as a reliever. Look, at, He's a perfectly cromulent MLB starter. I'm not even saying that he needs to go in the bullpen. What I'm saying is that to be a fantasy standout, it probably needs to come in the bullpen. That That's, that's where I'm at with Fulty. Otherwise, I think it might just be a, a solid mid-fours ERA, 1-3 sort of whip type, which, again, every major league team would take that in a second. That's that's major league capable. You can get 10-plus mil on the market with that. You know, you put up three years of a, of a 460 for 150-plus innings, you're probably getting, like, 14 mil a year on like a four-year deal or something um I don't, I'm, I'm terrible with those numbers off the top of my head but it it would be substantial like that that's that's pretty quality uh for for a fourth fifth starter type in, in the majors but obviously in fantasy it's a little bit different we are seeing fewer fastballs which uh despite the vo- velocity he's a great example Fulty is uh, exhibit four billion of how velocity does not guarantee success um and so he's getting away from the fastballs a little bit. Career low, 55% fastball usage. And I like that. Get more to the secondaries. But we're not seeing a, a jump in swinging strike rate to match the 29% strikeout rate, which is, a, which is a career high. So is it a situation where, okay, you know, he's getting the swinging strikes on a lot of his two-strike counts, and so thus the strikeouts have jumped? Or, or, or what's going on here? Are there a lot of called strikes for the for the strikeouts, I would need to dive a little bit deeper on Fulty specifically to uh, examine the strikeout rate. But as it is right now, I'm a little bit skeptical of it because he still has his standard nine percent swinging swinging strike rate. Um, and you know he was fine despite those four walks. He was pretty good against Philly yesterday. He did allow those four walks and four hits, but only one run, eight strikeouts in six innings. He's only faced Philly and Washington this year, two against each. So top fifty. 60 uh let's see let me look at something real quick let's kind of get an idea of what that was last year in 2017 season using espn player raider just to give us a general idea starting pitchers around the 50 to 60 range masahiro tanaka was 50th last year and then at the low end you got dan straley let me see what dan straley's numbers were so maybe 50 60 Okay, I mean, he would have to be better than last year. Dan Straley had a 4.26 ERA and a 130 WHIP in 182 innings last year, 8.4 strikeouts per nine, and that that's how he finished 60th. Bolte could do that, but that's not as big of a jump uh, from last year as maybe it it might feel. Well, well, actually, let's see where Fulte himself finished. He was. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, there goes the sound. I, I'm turning that down. 
He had, uh, okay, he was outside of the top 100. Okay, so it would be a pretty big jump. He was 109. He was 109th last year with his season. So that would be a pretty substantial jump. Okay, okay. As I'm investigating further, I'm seeing this. So what the, the key point in Matt's comment there was something about how he has avoided the clunker so far. And it's only four starts, and I think Matt understands that. We're not out of the woods there on, on the clunkers. But that is the key. That is what's going to determine whether or not Fulte can have that sort of season, I think. Because it's always the clunker that seems to really mess him up. Um, that start, uh, for me... I think you can just easily say, and, and and they're not all created equally, I understand, but a five-earned run outing is going to be bad. Just no matter, you know, you could finish all nine innings and it's a five ERA, right? So it, you might have some bad luck. There might be some inherited runners. Not every five-earned run outing is automatically bad, but it's going to do bo bad stuff to your bottom line. So just using that, that's always been kind of my thing. That, I call it a shellacking. You, you know, you give up five-earned, you got shellacked, plain and simple. And last year he had seven such outings. The year before, five. And in 2015, six. And that's just, that's too many. Everyone's going to have some bad ones, right? Uh, the best starters are, are going to have a bad one. Um, it's, you know, it, it's just going to happen. But... How many do you have, and, and and how bad do they get too? Right, that's just that's just five plus earned run outings. Um, if they end up being six, seven, like you know, how how bad do they get? And in fact, let's take a look at at Fulte's real quick. Let's see what they were last year with the uh, seven games. He had okay. See eight, eight, seven, six, six, five, five. Right, so only two were even just five earned run earned runs. Let me see who had the most six earned run outings last year. Oh, now you don't want to work. Come on, play index. I need you right now. I'm trying to record a podcast. Don't you even care about that? Do do do. Okay, he had five of those six plus earned run outings for Mike Fultonevich. The leaders will not surprise you. Ubaldo Jimenez, Jeremy Helgson, and Bartolo Colon tied for eight. Then Derek Holland, Marco Estrada, seven apiece. A handful of guys with six. And then he's in a big cluster with five. So he tied for the fourth most. And that really hampers what you can do ERA-wise or forces you to have a lot of, you know, zero to two earned run outings, which we don't always see with Fulte. So anyway, we, we, we've kind of gotten into the weeds on Fulte. I'm skeptical personally uh, on him, and I'm going to need to see more before I really buy in. I think he even got off to a good start last year, so I don't even know that this good start is, is enough to, to really buy in on. But again, Matt's part of my Twitch community. Uh, we'll be discussing this throughout the year, and I'm eager to see how it goes. But as it stands right now, I'm still kind of fading him. Robert Leahy at Duval State of Mind says, Ozzie Albies leads all second basemen in homers plus stolen bases. Well, duh. I mean, duh. That's not even a hot take. That's just a brilliant opinion, and you knew you would get included here, and uh, I don't blame you. I, I don't blame you for thinking that if you had a positive Albies comment that uh, that you figured, hey, 
I think that'll 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 make it into the mix. And you know what? It did. You're a genius. Albies is amazing. Uh, he's been tremendous so far. It's been fun to watch for sure. Uh, he took a walk the other day, <laughs> and I think he'll take a few more. You know, like a few more. You know, I think he'll be like a seven to nine percent guy, which is perfectly fine with the contact that he has. Uh, he's showing great pop from the left side. Five homers already. Uh, that's surprising even me. Um, you know, obviously the speed and 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 the kind of do everything aspect of his game is what really uh, was appealing for me on Albies, but. He's out there clubbing the ball, 662 slug. He's a monster. Uh, I don't even think this is an opinion. This is a straight-up fact. Well done, Robert. All right, Kwame at Primetime KCS says, D.D. Gregorius will be a top three shortstop in the league this year. And he has a, he, he did kind of a, a, a handful of them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to zero in on this one. Uh, he has a few others. Pirates win in the Central, etc. We're going to zero in on this one. First off, for full disclosure... Kwame is a Yankees fan, but um, I, and I don't bring that up to like shade him or anything. Just, just for context here, you would probably figure that that uh, you know a Yankees fan would feel most confident in that. I'm really I'm I'm, I'm interested in this one. I, I I think there is some some viability to it. He's off to obviously a brilliant start. He's banked these stats to the level where you know. It is just 69 nice plate appearances so far. Really nice, by the way. Um, but that, I mean, that's banked, right? That, that allows him some wiggle room to have, have a cold snap. He's got five homers, 14 runs, 16 ribbies, a couple stolen bases, a 20% walk rate, and a 6% strikeout rate. 333, 464, 804, triple slash for DD. He is on fire. Strong defense as well. He's got a win and a half already of war. So, you know, there's been some some of the uh, top shortstops that are doing fine. You know, Carlos Correa has, has a 128 uh, WRC plus. That's, that's good. Uh, Machado at 153. That's excellent. Um, I think Corey Seager's been bad so far this year. I mean, you know. Bad, bad results. I don't even, I haven't seen enough of it. In fact, I'm looking right now. Okay, he has a 57 WRC plus, but 8% walk rate, 14% strikeout rate. Uh, what is this? 236 Babbitt for Corey Seager. Not really worried about him. He's definitely somebody who's, you know, g- going to be pushing for that top area. Trey Turner. Now, I don't know if he was talking fantasy or overall. I, 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 wa- I th- I'm going to say that I think it was overall. Because Didi's defense certainly would help there. I, actually, I don't know if the metrics love Didi. I, I I think Didi has a good defensive reputation, but let me see here. Oh no, the fielding's pretty pretty solid. Yeah, it's been, especially as a Yankee, it's been good. Okay, um, I like this. I I, I absolutely like this. I think that uh, I'm I'm. Wow. The the funny thing is, again, Kwame, another guy uh, who is a big part of our Twitch community, twitch.tv slash peacebore24, by the way, I stream MLB The Show. We're always talking baseball. It's a lot of fun. If you are a baseball, I mean, if you're listening to this, you're a pretty big baseball fan, right? Um, I think you would enjoy checking out the stream. You know, we're playing MLB, I'm playing MLB The Show. We're talking in the chat, just baseball, baseball, baseball. It's great. And, and you know, sometimes we talk other stuff too. There, you talk other sports, talk pop culture, etc. It's just, it's just a big chat room while we're talking and playing video games as well. Uh, but anyway, 
he's known as a bit of a hot take machine. And so I, I, I knew he had to come correct with something here. And, you know, for him, this isn't even that hot takey. I mean, he's got some terrible takes. Like he thinks the Kartrashians aren't terrible. Like that right off the top. Just a terrible, terrible take. But this one, I don't know. I think I mess with it, man. I think I do. Didi, Didi's awesome. He's really good. And I don't know that he gets... Uh, the respect that he deserves. It will be very difficult, right? Let, let's be honest about it. Corey Seager's not staying down there all year. Carlos Correa is a beast. Trey Turner, Francisco Lindor, Manny Machado. Um, just if we are talking overall war, Angleton Simmons doesn't have to do that much offensively to be up there because his defense is so sharp. Dansby Swanson's out of his mind, and uh, he's he's got a good glove too. So if his offense kind of holds, he could be making noise you know probably not top three i'm not i'm not really sold on dansby swanson right now but i'm just naming guys who are up near the top it will be tough but i like it and i can see it well done kwami all right now let's move on to liam at blutman 27 ucla reynaldo lopez will be the ace of the white Sox future not one of their other big prospects this is a hot take this is this is one this is what we're talking about here right because and and credit to Liam, he has he's also a bit of a hot take machine, but he 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 buys in. He doesn't uh, he doesn't do it lightly, and I I like that. If you're gonna be a hot take machine, don't waffle. Uh, take your L's when they come because they're gonna they're gonna be frequent. But then you get to celebrate your your dubs. This one's really intriguing to me. I, I like Reynaldo Lopez. Wrote him up recently. Uh, I like what I'm seeing. He pitched well the other night in Oakland. Um, and that would be over Giolito and Kopech specifically, right? Those are the two right now that are getting the most buzz. Giolito's already in the majors. Kopech's on his way up. This is this really boils down to lopez Kopech, I would think, because I think uh, you know Giolito uh, has seen his 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 star dim a little bit um you know despite some some good work last year he's off to a tough start this year i think a lot of it could be the cold weather for him specifically because of the curveball um you can't just use cold weather excuse for everybody and just dust your hands off and say okay cold weather that's it but i think with the curveball situation for giolito uh, but anyway that we're talking about ray lopez here the t the, the the thing of it is to to be a, a team ace, you know, and, and doesn't even have to be, he, I think he just, he said White Sox ace. He's not necessarily talking like uh, league ace. Cause I think a league ace, there aren't 30 aces, right? Just cause the, just cause you are the number one on a team doesn't mean you're, you're a bona fide ace. And I know this is a little bit of a nebulous thing. It kind of, uh, everyone has their own definition, their own feel for it. I personally believe there's, there's only, you know, a, a limited group of aces at any given moment. And and it and it can vary and and frankly I think it's probably best to judge it in kind of um, in more of a short term look right and and not so much on I mean within reason right my my the reason I said that is I was going to say like I could I could listen to the idea that Luis Severino is, is an ace right now because of how great he was last year and how you know he's starting brilliantly again this year. So it's only a year and 24 innings of, of excellence, but 
I think right now he is. I'm not saying five starts from somebody this year and, and let's call him an ace. I'm just saying maybe a, a rolling 200-inning sort of deal, like over their last 200 innings. Maybe that's kind of a good way. But anyway, I think if if, if he even if he's going to be a team ace, Reynaldo Lopez has to lower that walk rate. It cannot work at 15% right now. It can't even really work at 11 12%. Um, or, or double digits even. I'll, I'll say 10% plus. I really think it needs to be more of a, you know, 7 8%, 9 maybe, if you're really difficult to hit and you're getting a, a boatload of whiffs. Um, it's not, you know, it's not the end-all, be-all. Walk rate isn't, but it it just breeds trouble, right? When you don't have your command, that's how you get into a blow-up start. You just start putting runners on left and right, and, and things get sideways on you. A lot of good stuff we're seeing so far this year. Um, and one thing I will say on Ray Lopez is is he got a 66% first pitch strike rate, which is good. It's way up from last year um, uh, and for his career. It's up six ticks for his career. And that's good. Yeah, usually well correlated with walk rate. But this year, you know, he has 15%. So it's like he's getting ahead and then losing guys. He needs to figure out how to maximize getting ahead and and – and continue to uh, to stay in it. Although I think he's also somebody who's not giving in. So if he does fall behind, he's not going to give in with uh, with a cookie down the middle and get smoked. Uh, he had a one three homer per nine rate last year. Ray Lopez did with a seven percent walk rate. Uh, gave up a lot of hits, and I think there was some of that. Like, hey, I I need to improve my walk rate, so I'm just going to kind of lay it in there and just kind of focus on hitting the zone, regardless of the command of it. So between the two of last year and this year, I like this year's iteration even with a 15% walk rate because here's the thing. If Ray Lopez goes out and has a, you know, a, a, a walk-free game, I think you're looking you're, you're going to shave like 4 or 5 points off the uh off the walk rate right off the top. Because he would face like you know another 25 to 28 batters. Let's just say like 26 batters because it would make it 100 for the season. And if he didn't walk anybody, he'd have 11 walks. He would cut it from 15% to 11%. So that's just one outing, right? So two good, you know, low walk outings. Let's say it's, uh, you know, two walks in his next two outings. And he faces, you know, uh, 52 total batters. And so then you're talking about, you're talking about a 10% mark right there. So that 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 alone would already kind of bring it down. So, you know, my point is, is that it's still really movable. 15% does not necessarily mean that, oh, he's walking the yard every time out because his first outing was good. Then against the Tigers, he, only wa- he walked five, but he only allowed two hits. Against Oakland, he walked four, but he allowed four hits, just two runs. So it's like their walks aren't hurting him yet. That's when I'll start to worry. But basically, Ray Lopez versus Kopech, I, I don't hate this. Right now, Kopech is... is um, you know, just easy to dream on. You can dream the highest dream possible because he hasn't done anything in, you know, he's not in the pros and he's just beasting in the minors. He's got amazing stuff, but I don't know. I, 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 I kind of like this one. I, I, I think I would still lean Kopech, but I, I, I like Ray Lopez enough that, uh, that, that, that this one, it, it's not stupid. Let's let's say that I know it's a ringing endorsement. Hey, your comment was not stupid. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 but 
instantly I think a lot of people would recoil at it. And when you really think about it, I don't know that it's crazy. Because I think when Michael Kopech comes up, uh, he has 4.4 walks per nine in the minors. He could have a lot of the issues that somebody like Ray Lopez has had with walks. So, you know, he's going to have to go through his growing pains, and Lopez is already kind of going through them. So, at least from a, a, a development standpoint, of course, Lopez has a, has a big edge because he's already in the majors. All right, this is uh, Chris Towers over at CBS. You may listen to their uh, podcast. I believe he does writing over there on the website as well, at C Towers CBS. He gets accused of being a hot take machine as well. And, uh, you know, by, by yours truly even, and I say accused as if that, that puts a negative bent on it. I, I think he embraces it. I think he believes he's a hot take machine and, and thrives on it. So I, will, uh, I don't say that in uh, as a... A critique or or with any disdain whatsoever i i think that uh, a, a lot of times i find myself agreeing with chris or even when i don't i at least kind of think critically on something and that i like that you know there are times i'm like oh chris you're, you're tripping on this one but then you step back you think you're like okay i kind of see how you got there and, and it made me think uh more critically on something uh his is robbie ray is a one trick strikeout pony who won't be above average in any other fantasy category well now this is a man after my own heart here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you all he's a hot take machine. And some of you are probably like, yeah, Paul was right. He is a hot take machine. That's terrible. I fully agree with this one. I, uh, <laughs> I'm i not a huge Robbie Ray fan. And now, let me be clear. Last year, I was down on Robbie Ray. And I, I lost, right? That was a big L. He was fantastic. And so I want to be clear, though, that just as I will, I will buy back in on guys who I feel like you know I, I will thought were going to be good. They didn't quite pan out, and I see the skills as still being good enough to to kind of double down. I, I don't I don't necessarily like double down on disliking a guy just to like oh I got to get back in 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 you know safe face there. Nor do I run the other way and say well I was wrong in this season. Let me completely uh, turn around because if you look at that season like. It was great. 289 ERA, 115 whip. It, it was a game changer for folks. 33% strikeout rate. Robbie Ray won leagues last year, but he still had a lot of flaws. 11% walk rate, 1.3 homer per nine, uh, too much hard contact, really lived off an 85% uh, left on base rate and a 197 average because he is difficult to hit. When I say he lived off of it, I don't automatically say that oh he was just lucky he's not that good i say it more of like it's unsustainable right and we were probably saying it was unsustainable throughout most of last year and he sustained it for a whole year there will be a handful of guys every year that have an 80 plus left on base rate for the full season that's how the dream seasons go like that's how you have just this everything goes right sort of season and robbie ray had his last year He's got the humidor to kind of back him up this year and maybe stifle some of the uh, impact of the regression. But all the same issues are there. And so I I tend to agree with this. He's off to a wretched start, by the way, uh, with 2.3 homers per nine. The left on base rate back down to a very average 72% mark, 233 batting average against. Um, He's probably still allowing a boatload of hard contact. Oh, yay, 49%, even higher than normal. So I do agree with this. Um... 
you know, you're going to get your strikeouts. If you have Robbie Ray, I don't think you can really move on it right now because he has a 575 ERA, 574 ERA and a 160 whip. You'd be selling so low, you'd probably get fleeced. And if you believed in him enough to take him as like a top 15 guy, I think you got to stick with it at this point um, and just kind of ride it out. But I, I, I agree with Chris. I, I was not that sold on Robbie Ray. And you know what? I definitely fell into some group think on ranking him because I, you know, I saw the strikeouts and I saw where everyone was ranking him and I was like, yeah, okay, I'll put, I'll, I'll put him up there. And I really wish I would have, and I know this just sounds like, well, he's off to a bad start. You're just saying that. I mean, I did have him in my, my bold predictions uh, saying he'll finish outside the top 50. And, you know, it's not it's not like I come to this skepticism on Robbie Ray out of nowhere. And I don't want it to look like I'm just saying it because he's bad. And then if he has a couple good starts, I'm going to flip. I'm not. I'm not. But, you know, I had him 15th. I never took him there. I never considered taking him there, and that's what makes it a bad ranking. I should have ranked him where I was going to take him. And even if that meant that I wouldn't get him, then so be it. And that ranking would have been in the 30s. Um, you know, in the late 20s to 30 range. More of like a McCullers, his teammate Godley, Cueto. Um, I had Otani 31. Like more in that range. 15 was stupid. And I felt it, and I didn't change it, and that's that's on me. I'm a clown for that. And I regret that. So I hope you didn't take him early based on, on my ranking, thinking, well, Paul thinks he should be up there because that was a misranking. Even even before, and I, I, I think the bold prediction was my, my way of kind of cement, you know, putting that down on paper and saying, ah, that was a terrible ranking, Paul. You're an idiot. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I agree with Chris on that one. Next up is Jake Summers at some Jake, S-U-M, Jake. Baseball should introduce the DH to both leagues and allow teams to use it for any position on the field rather than only pitcher. That is interesting. I 100% agree on DH in both leagues. Pitcher's batting is stupid. Uh, it is remarkably stupid. Even... I'm willing to trade the moments of fun like Bartolo going yard um, for the injuries that, that we lose guys to to batting. You know, Jimmy Nelson being on base and diving back in and busting up his shoulder. Now he's not going to pitch till the All-Star break. I, I'm willing to trade that because pitcher's batting is so stupid. They don't train for it. Um, they make too much money to... To put that risk out there, it is just blindingly stupid that we still do it. There's interleague every day anyway, so it's not like the two leagues are really playing separately on their own the way they used to. It's dumb. The DH is 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 very stupid. The only place I like the DH is literally in a video game. <laughs> or, or excuse me, where I, I like pitchers batting is literally in a video game. In MLB The Show, in the Diamond Dynasty, they have pitchers bat, and that requires you to have a bench and, and to be strategic about when you're going to take a guy out. So I, I get it from that standpoint. And I understand that that's what the big proponent for NL. Um, I, I The reason I, I feel this way as far as MLB, the show goes though, is because, you know, a few months into the season, everybody has stacked teams. And so it would just be another stacked player. 
uh, that that you have to face with no regard for like when to take out the pitcher. That's not the that's not the case in baseball, right? It's not like um, you know it would just be putting in another stacked player in the lineup. It would it would just be a you know solid hitter or or what a lot of teams do is just kind of rotate it to uh, to give guys a break. But anyway, I I completely agree with with the idea of DH in both. However. I'm a little bit intrigued by the secondary part, which is really the hot take portion, using it for any position on the field. Here's the thing. I don't know that you get the buy-in from players on that, right? Of like, okay, I'll play defense only. I don't get to hit. So I think that's the implementation would be so hard. I just don't see um, position players really buying in on this. And, And so... I, I think it is, you know, it's a fun theoretical, but I, I don't, I, I, I can't see it really being put into practice. Hell, we can't even get the DH in both leagues right now. So we'll, we'll see if we could ever get something like this. I, I don't see it. It's very intriguing. It's interesting for sure. Um, but I, I, I don't know that, that there would be buy-in. And I, I'm sure the Players Union would have to sign off on something like this. And uh, I, I don't think that they would. Although, you know, you tell you would be able to tell some guys that there would certainly be some who are not good hitters and they're they're really sharp defensive guys and it's like well we we can't really have you on the team because you just you don't do anything with the bat and you'd be like well I can play defense only I could be a a DF a designated fielder um that that's that's interesting that's interesting I, I like that one and again that this really gets to the heart of what we're trying to do here with the uh with this with this segment for the solo episodes um it, it is something that is outside you know uh not not straight up a hot take or whatever but something that is a little bit more thought provoking that that you definitely believe in so i like that all right uh last one reka uh, at brian reka 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 r e c c a that's reka about to wreck you up. Okay, I'm going to go punch myself in the throat. Uh, he says, Matt Chapman finishes with more home runs than Aaron Judge in 2018. Combines power, Babbitt luck, and elite defense for a five-war season. Whew. The fire on that. That take is very fiery. Yankees fans who didn't even hear me say that are exploding. They're just some spontaneous, spontaneously combusting Yankees fans Somewhere over in Brooklyn, um, or or you know, in one of the other. I know they're in the Bronx, by the way. I got to clear that up because if people think I said Brooklyn because that's where I think the Yankees are, I, I would clear that up. I just was picking one of the boroughs, so shut up. But um, you know, some p- people are just spontaneously combusting, and they're not going to know why. Police are going to try to figure it out, and they're going to trace it back to me reading that on this podcast because that is fiery. I love Matt Chapman. So you're going to you're putting me in a tough spot here to try to to try to go against Matt Chapman. Absolutely a giant fan. Put him in my all sleeper lineup this year was really trying to uh to to get him in corner spots because he didn't really have to pay up to put him at third base. It was it was more of a corner play which was nice. Um he fits that mold that I've been talking about now for a few years of Elite defender is going to have his guaranteed playing time to kind of work on the hitting. And he was already coming in with a better, you know, uh, hitting capability than, for example, previous guys like this, like uh, Yadi Molina, 
who was so good at catching that they just played him, played him, played him, and then he kind of figured out how to hit. Brandon Crawford, who, you know, had that great, that one great spike season. That's been solid, but he's so good defensively, he's just going to play all the time. Chapman um, came in last year, was a little bit overshadowed by Matt Olson on the other side of the diamond uh, with his big power explosion, but he was really great last year too, Chapman was. So I like this. I like this. But in the end, I don't know that he's going to hit more yaks than judge it's five to four now chapman is leading but i i I still think i still think chapman is probably more of a low 30s guy and judge even in a year of like even if he regresses which by the way he's showing none of nothing of a fall off or 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 give back on his great season last year he's hitting 339 485 93 i still think he's kind of a a upper 30s low 40s uh even if not everything breaks his right way for, for judge uh, with 50 still very much in the crosshairs 50 plus, I should say. Um, so that I will push back on, but the five win season for for Chapman is particularly interesting to me and definitely something that I can see because of the defense combining with the offense. And we are seeing a little bit of an offensive surge to start the season. If it, if it ends up being a full on breakout, which I'm hoping and believe it, it, certainly can be because of some of the, uh, the the changes that he's implementing right now, a lot more uh, of a disciplined approach from, from Matt Chapman, not flailing nearly as much. Uh, chase rate is way down, down 10 ticks from 27% last year. Uh, swinging strike rate down from 12% to five, or excuse me, down 12% to 7% and just being a lot more selective. So I, I like the five win season for, for Chapman I, I can't really get behind Judge, uh, him hitting more homers than Judge. That would be so awesome. And I hope that if it does happen, it's more of a situation of they both club like 40-plus as opposed to something where, you know, Judge misses time or whatever. I, I, I hope it's more of like that. By the way, a five-win season at third base would make him probably like a top, top five or so guy. Last year at third base, Rendon had a 6.8. Oh, so close to a perfect season. Jose Ramirez, 6'7", Chris Bryant, 6'6", Arenado, 5'6", and Justin Turner, 5'4". And then you jump down to Suarez at 4.0. So, you know, he would slot right in there. Not, you know, there's no guarantee that there will be five guys at over five. So I think he, I think a five-win season for Matt Chapman would put him in the top five, and that would be really exciting to see. So I like that. I like that aspect of it. Can't get behind the judge piece. All right, so that's going to wrap it up. Um, Again, Anthony Fantano calls this Let's Argue. We can't do that. We have to come up with our own name for it. I hope you guys enjoy this. Let me know. Honest feedback. Did, did you enjoy this? Is this something you like? Uh, do you have a better feel for it now? Maybe you saw the tweet and you weren't quite sure what, what I was looking for in terms of, of the unpopular opinions, hot takes, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think we'll try it at least a couple more times, but I'm definitely interested in your thoughts. Hit me up on Twitter, at Sporer. And again, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I am streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash peacebore24. We stream uh, five, six nights a week. You know, usually usually kind of a late night thing. I usually start around 10 central at the earliest. Um, so if you're a night owl, definitely come hang with us. Um, and it's a lot of fun. If you like baseball talk, obviously you listen to this, you do. I think you would enjoy yourself out there. So come check us out. Uh, and I'll talk to you guys later with Justin. Peace. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app 
You need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.